Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Kevin Jennings. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Launch University. And today I am here. Well, I guess I'm Kevin Jennings. You probably heard that from the intro there, but I'm here today with um, my good friend and one of the other Launch University mentors, David Farmer. Hey, David, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing good, Kevin. How are you? Well, I'm doing fantastic. Um, For those who are first time listeners, I want to let you know what this podcast is all about. We are all about helping you turn good intentions into reality and giving you the tools you need to sustain it. Because we believe if you're a go-getter, you're always launching something in life. There's something, there's a new idea, a new project, a new business that you're being drawn to. However, you easily can get stuck in the confusion of what to do next. Maybe you don't have a clear plan or direction on how to execute everything. And we believe if you have the proven principles and practices you need to get unstuck, that you can go from being a go-getter to becoming a difference maker. And that's what this podcast is all about. But if you have been a long-time listener, you can probably tell a few differences. Uh, today, David and I, we we all talk about experimenting. Well, guess what? We're experimenting as well. We are actually recording our podcast from two different places today, even though we live in the same city, because we want to make sure we can produce content for you more often uh, together. And that's what we're doing. So we're actually doing a little experiment with us, and we're happy you're tuning in to that. Uh, so David is, David, I don't even know where you are. Are you at home? I'm at home. Yep. And uh, you're kind of like my technical coach, Kevin, which I appreciate. So <laughs> you taught me how to use an H5 Zoom recorder in the past, how to hook up all this audio equipment. Now you've taught me how to use a uh, uh, a new piece of software called Audio Hijack to run it all through my laptop. So thank you. Hey, it's my pleasure. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I do think we're going to we're going to go full tilt with experimentation today. So in addition to us recording our podcast from two different locations, we're also going to try a different format. We believe that this podcast was also designed with the premise of how we can scale mentorship. We all know that there are so many people we would love to connect with and interact with and ask great questions of, but we often don't have access. And even if we do, we would, you know, what would we ask them? So we feel it's a big part of our job and we feel like we can do that even better by actually taking your questions. So what we're going to be doing every once in a while is actually opening up the floor and saying, hey, send us your questions and we want to actually answer them on the podcast. Now, because it's our first time doing it, we don't have your questions yet, but we'll let you know how you can submit questions as of right now. Two ways. You can actually go to our website. You can go to launch university. That's Y-O-U university.com forward slash question. And once you get there, there's actually a page that would walk you through exactly how to actually record a voice message on our website. And that will go into our voicemail system so we can actually play your voice on a future podcast when we answer your question. Now, if you're not that tech savvy, you can actually just use an old school phone. Yes, those things that still work today. Uh, 678 744-7909. That's 678-744-7909. And you can actually sit in your house, your car, and actually call us and leave a voicemail for us. And we will actually put your voice on the podcast as well when we answer your question. So once the kind of voicemail gets a little full, we'll take some time to actually go through a bunch of questions on one episode. But today we thought, what is a great way we can start by answering some questions we know everyone has. So we went to the great place for where all questions go, Google. 
And thanks to Google, we were able to locate some really great questions that people ask about professional growth. And so David and I are going to go through some of those together. And uh, and I'll and I'll be doing a lot more of the moderating as we all kind of get a chance to learn from from David today. So David, the the big thing I want to talk about obviously is professional growth. But one of the questions that came out really quick, and that is, what does professional growth even mean? So that's a great question for you, I think, to start. What is professional growth in your opinion? Yeah, um, here's how I would approach that question. I I. We talk about this a good bit in my own work, and we'll talk to the team and just get into the why. Why would we even need to care about professional growth in the first place? And so some of the things that we talk about are we do business in an environment where things are changing around us. Competitors are emerging. Competitors are evolving. Uh, Even things beyond the industry are changing. Just think about um, technologies, capabilities, the expectations of customers, how they shift. There are probably dynamics within your own business that are evolving as well. So what that really means is, it's what I say sometimes, if you show up next week and you're the same person that you were this week, you probably just fell a little bit behind because everything else was evolving. So we've got to we've got to try to make sure that we're evolving at least as fast. In fact, uh, I've heard it said that if the rate of change around you exceeds your own rate of change, you're going to become irrelevant at some point, and we just don't want that to happen. So. Well, for me, what professional growth means is you're developing the skills and the capabilities to stay relevant and, and to continue to be able to contribute at a high level. I love that. That's really fantastic. Yeah, I, I will say the same thing. Just, I mean, I, I think I've never heard it phrased that way, but that's really awesome. So I think that's a powerful way to kind of frame it up. So you hit a little bit in your answer, and that was, you know, the goal of staying relevant and, and staying uh to be able to contribute at a high level. Are there any other reasons you would say professional growth is important? Well, I would say it's energizing for one thing. To me, it, if you have a growth mindset, and there's a whole concept about mindset. Carol Dweck wrote a wonderful book called Mindset where she talks about having either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. If you've got a growth mindset, uh, you'll be energized by learning new skills, learning new capabilities, developing new relationships. Um, you're going to just bring a better version of you to your job and your work. And I think that's ultimately going to result in better outcomes. Yeah. I, I, one thing I think, you know, is that it's very easy for all of us to, uh, depending on where you are in life, you know, there might be something that's pulling you toward professional growth. Um, maybe it's an, a desire to earn more income to take care of your family. Uh, maybe there is a particular job you really are interested in doing based on your personal interest. But the reality also is we are wired by our human nature to want to contribute and have purpose. Uh, It's the reason why what is the meaning of life is one of the top phrases on Google, (laughs) you know, because we are inherently looking for purpose. And I think that when we are able to contribute to others in our organizations at a high level, that does do something to us intrinsically that I think that's even uh, more powerful than many of us, many of us would assume in a professional context. Um, And so I think that's another thing um, when it comes to why it's important. It's just really the fact that just like our bodies atrophy when they're not used, um, so can our spirit in many ways. Um, When we, when we look around and say, man, I'm, I'm not adding value anywhere I go. I feel like I'm 
useless or not contributing at a high level, that those kind of phrases really can uh, can affect you. So I think that's why anyone who's listening should be focused on growing. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely have a growth mindset. Uh, but David, what, anything to add to that? Well, what I would say is I think about um, talent and uh, when I'm in a position and I'm trying to make a selection around talent, I always err towards that person that you can tell just has that growth mindset. That they're, they're eager to learn new things because whatever role or job I'm hiring them for, it's going to morph. And so I got to make mm-hmm. sure they can morph too. Um, it's sort of sad, but you've probably seen somebody that's at a later stage in their career. And at one point in time, they had it going on. Uh, they were killing it. But uh, they're still basically running the same play with the same skill set and it's just not as meaningful anymore and they're trying to hang on and they've not evolved they're not wired they're not committed they don't have the discipline to evolve and it's sad but you see they're just not able to contribute and uh, it can cost them their job it can cost them uh, a sense of of um, just fulfillment and purpose and you just don't want that so anyway when i'm looking for talent i'm looking for the kind of people that i can tell uh, they get after it and they're they're evolving they're growing the irony of that right is that that also means you're rewarded for being humble you know that you know that hey my willingness to walk in saying i have something to learn i have something that i can i can you know i can be better there's you know there's more that I can get out of myself if I'm willing to learn from others that actually benefits you. So I, yeah, the, Ke- Kevin, to jump on that, I don't think we ever get out of that mode. Uh, yeah, you just you don't want to ever think you got there and you're done. Um, you're not done when you finish undergrad. Uh, uh, your your program there, you're not done if you go back to grad school. I mean, the the means and the methods are going to change, but I mean, we're learning every day. Gotta you got to do that. No, indeed. So, so, so that kind of leads to the inherent question that uh, popped up as well through our through my preparation for this episode, and that was, how do you plan professional growth? Like that's the that's one of the top questions that's searched online is how do you plan for professional growth? And um, so, I'm going to just kick it to you first and say, hey, how have you planned professional growth? How have you seen others do it in a way that has been successful and helpful? Yeah, great question. And the way I would begin is I think first about my broader, I'm going to assume, uh, I'm going to start by, with a premise that we ought to have some sort of business plan. Um, if we're going to commit all this time and energy to our work, uh, to what end are we doing that? So a business plan would talk about where it is we're trying to go, what specific um, objectives or outcomes we're trying to achieve, and what kind of deadlines we're on. You know, you probably have some deliverables you're responsible for, and they've got to be done by a specific date. So if you look at that plan, that's going to inform uh, the nature of any kind of development plan. It's going to help you figure out, well, what kind of capabilities or skills should I focus on? And you can also get good input from those you work for and those you work with. But the next thing that I have to do is say, in light of that business plan, how's this going to translate to my calendar? Uh, it doesn't do you much good just to write things down if you can't ultimately uh, find the time to pour yourself into it. So when I think about my plan, there are certain days at the beginning of the year, I do calendar blocking uh, early, uh, actually typically do it in the fall for the upcoming year. And I will hold blocks of time for trips, conferences, events, uh, just whatever it is I know is going to take several days in a row, I'll block those things out first. Uh, But I'm also thinking about 
ongoing activities that may just be part of my either every day, every week, or every month plan. And I try to make sure that those are baked into my uh, my calendar as well. Uh, as an example, if I've got a reading plan, when is that going to happen? If I've got uh, an intention to meet with specific people to learn from them, is that scheduled? So uh, I think if it's not on your calendar, odds are it's not going to happen. So you, you got to get there first. Yeah, that's really great. I, I think um, one of the things that I have, that's one of the things I've taken from you really is, is, is planning that far in advance. Um, I think the first time I've, I've planned that far in advance was this year. I tried to do it two years ago, but I had a child for the first time. And that, and that was a year where I got baptized in reality. Yeah. Um, but but one of the things I've, I've also tried to do is just say, you know, I use the acronym REPS um, and say, okay, what are my relationships? What am I trying to, what, edu- what kind of education am I trying to get? What kind of practice am I trying to get? Because I, th- I do think this, I think practice is the one I think people often forget is that, you know, education without application, right? It, it, you know, it, it's just information. And I, and, I, and I think what ends up happening at some point, you look up and say, man, I actually have to apply this and get proficient at it enough where it becomes habitual for me, where I can reap, where I can, you know, call on this skill in a time of need. And I think so I say, hey, what, what am I going to get really great? At? What am I, what kind of proficiency do I want to develop in one particular area in this particular season of life? What, what might be Facebook advertising if you're a marketer? Right. Um, so a niche kind of thing I can just really get really great at as well. So I use the analogy of how can I get reps? So go through reps one more time, because that's really good. That, that could be sticky. We, we talk about sticky sometimes. So I like that. Yeah. So uh, reps are relationships is R. E is education. P is practice. Sometimes I try to tell people the S can be study or can just be a plural form. And the reason I try to separate practice from study is because you can practice a skill you're good at and get better at it, right? If you know how to play the saxophone, you can get become a better saxophone player. But studying in an academic sense is, is really related to deep exploration of a new subject, Right. And so um, so sometimes if you're in a season of life where what you're practicing, you may not be studying. And sometimes what you're studying, you might be practicing, but it can be either or. But I just want to make sure I frame that up to everybody that you want to be asking yourself, where can I do up an area of expertise? Where can I be learning new things and who can I be connecting with? And that comes to the power of reps. That's great. Just kind of picking up on your whole reps metaphor. You want to talk about um, what professional growth might look like, other categories that people might think about baking into their own professional growth plans? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think when, and obviously you can think about subsets of each, of each category. So let's say relationships. Yeah. You might have, you might have mentors, uh, you might have peers, you might have uh, just a general, um, you know, outside community you love to connect with that has complimentary or, or, um, skills like technology. I mean, you and I are not in technology for a living, but we like hanging out with tech people because they have a mindset that is so, it just challenges our thinking on a regular basis. 
Um, Can I go into you, relationships you know, for just a second there? I didn't mean, yeah, to cut please you off. jump in. No, jump in. Because sometimes we think it has to be an actual physical relationship, but it could be a virtual relationship as well. And there's so many people that you can kind of get, you don't really know them, but you feel like you know them because they've put a lot of content out there that you can consume. And you're going to get um, enormous value if you'll invest in a relationship with a content provider, whether it's via podcast, blog, they offer a, a course, they, they've written a book, whatever that, that might be. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that. So, so, and, and that's the best part about education and relationships, right? You it kind of can double as both. You can say, Hey, if you want to, do you want to go deep with one author and say, I want to really read every single thing that Seth Godin's put out? Well, great. That's going to feel a lot like a relationship when you're done, but it started through the lens of education possibly yep. as well. Yeah. Um, I think education, I mean, I know, are you into audiobooks versus print books? Do you know, do you want to read newspapers? Do you want to go to conferences and events, which could also be a form of education? I mean, do you want to go to an intensive or a workshop? Um, so there's so many different forms of education that you get to kind of find and, and, and kind of mix and match to find the uh, blend that works best for you. That's cool. You know, it's reminding me, uh, I work with Chick-fil-A and our founder, Truett Cathy, did not have a, a big formal education. Now, he was unbelievably wise and hardworking and had so many other incredible um, just skills and character traits that he brought to the table. But he used to tell us all the time, you're going to be the same person tomorrow that you are today, except for the books that you read and the people that you meet. And it's kind of what we're talking about, just a super simple version of it. So now there are some other things we can add to the list, but I think he's he's on track there. Uh, the books you read, the people you meet are going to take you a long way. Uh, I, I like to add experiences, Kevin. Um, That's awesome. I think sometimes experiences can be serendipitous. You just sort of happen to find yourself in the midst of one, and it can be transformational. But I think you can also be really intentional about experiences, and that's something um, that uh, even those of us that are on the Launch You team have done uh, with Shane and Kevin. We've been to visit specific people. We've gone to specific conferences or events. We've gone to places. Um, all in an attempt to uh, learn something new and grow. And um, when I referenced earlier working on the calendar, I actually saved some days on my calendar each year to allow for those experiences that might even involve traveling somewhere. You sort of, when you immerse yourself in a place, uh, it's just different than reading about it sometimes. And so it, part of my job is actually working on customer experiences. So there are definitely places I want to go on a regular basis and just be there and see it, feel it, smell it, the whole package. Yeah, that's really, I love that. I love that. So let's, let's go ahead and make sure we officially add experiences to that E, right? So you want to be very intentional about the education you're getting, but also the experiences that you're having. So we're going to, we're going to build a, we're going to build a model right now on this podcast for we, how to we, do professional growth plan. Have we taken reps to reaps? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to put it, we're just going to put a kind of a, um, an, an exponent on oh, that E. Okay. That's cool. So, so, it's, so, it's, so it's E squared. That's good. Um, Awesome. And, and so I think when it comes to how you think through the uh, what you're practicing, um, my, my, you know, I've studied music in high school and college. And one of my my most influential band instructors told me, if you sound good in practice, you're not practicing. Wow. And because you're not pushing and, and, yourself. And, is that it? That, absolutely. I mean, if you're not learning, if you're if you're if you're you might be playing a, a song, you know, but you're not practicing. 
practicing means you're learning a new skill and you're refining in real time, which means you're going to sound pretty terrible in that moment. If, if a, you know, if an athlete's adding a new skill to their repertoire or a basketball player adding a new three point jump shot to their basketball game, and you're a center or a big guy playing basketball, you're going to be really bad in practice. But that's essentially the point. You're trying to ask something you don't know how to do. And that learning anything new, walking for the first time, right? Learning a new language. If you're practicing it, it's not going to be great immediately. All right. I think you've just hit on a really big idea. And and so what I take out of that is you should expect uh, it to be really uncomfortable and awkward for a season. And you got to learn how to just embrace that and know that if you stay in it uh you'll you'll work through that i I got us absolutely okay because i got a a really stupid example to share go for it uh i enjoy playing golf a little bit on the side i'm not a great golfer but i I, want to be shane and i actually have that goal in common so we're both working on that but uh, i look at all these little golf videos and i'll get on social media sometimes and track these people that do golf things and they're these trick shot artists and they're these folks that can bounce golf balls on their golf club uh, it's, it's amazing to watch sometimes. So I said, I just really want to learn how to basically juggle a golf ball on a golf club. So I've now set aside a club in my garage, three golf balls. I go out on my driveway and just practice. I'll just tell you, I'm at the super awkward stage right now. <laughs> <laughs> my personal record is seven bounces, but I'm constantly bending over and picking up the you know, golf balls again because I just can't keep it going. So I'm at awkward stage, and you you can hold me accountable and come back and find out that I power through it and uh, have I achieved uh, learning this new skill. But that's the reality, right? I think, yeah. I think, and, I, and I think and I think that's and I think it's one of the things I was telling someone recently. I was like, I when when you learn something new as an adult, it it hits you for the first time that you haven't learned anything new in a long time. Yeah. In a long time, and, and I'm not saying, oh, I'm reading new things. I'm, learning. I'm not saying new concepts, but you're still applying a skill you know how to do, and that's reading. When you're learning a new skill, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable. And I think that's a big part of something we all lose over time, especially in the story that, in the analogy that David shared earlier about people who sometimes get, I would say, overlooked or, or, or sometimes kind of get leapfrogged in the in the business world is they stop learning new skills. They stop embracing the un- the discomfort of starting from scratch. And that's a big part of what this podcast is all about. It's what Launch Universe is about for us and for really for all of you is that we know that if you're willing to continually go into uncertainty and start from scratch on new ideas, new projects, new whatever, you can get better at managing that season not necessarily the challenges they might always be different but you'll get better at managing that season and being more comfortable with learning things that you've never done as you kind of walk in and start and do something new so um, I think that's where I want to land that do you have any other ideas you want to add to that before we talk about a little bit more about how they may be able to write that out well can I go back to your reps um, sure. acronym because I, I, I got maybe a couple more candidates we did we did a couple of E's I may have some more S's uh, you, you use, <laughs> you use study, but I started thinking about skills too. There, there may be specific skills that I feel like I need to, um, cultivate. I'll give you just an example. Let's say you want to develop your communication skill. Maybe you're, you're being called upon to, to do presentations in front of, um, a small group, 
or perhaps you even have to speak in front of large groups, or I have to do some media interviews from time to time, and I had to go through uh, media training to prepare for that. So that's that's just an example. Those are examples of skills. Uh, And I know we've even worked, as we talked to launchers, one of the things that we've tried to focus on is helping them communicate uh, their idea effectively, acknowledging that if they don't, they may actually get in the way of people understanding and ultimately embracing their new idea or product. And so that led us to uh, create a tool to help folks develop that skill, a new tool we call Elevator Pitch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and that's really the entire goal, right? To say, we understand that when you're starting anything new, even talking about how you want to grow professionally, the first thing you're going to do is have to use words to put that together in some compelling way to help someone understand what you're doing, what you're trying to accomplish to get them on board, get their support. Um, And that might mean customers, might be investors, might be mean your boss, might be your spouse. And so to help you do that, we've created an online course and you can uh, access that uh, and information about that at myelevatorpitch.net, myelevatorpitch.net. And it kind of walks through this this framework that we've been, that we developed and actually are packaging it so it's really easy for you. About 90 minutes of content, and about 90 minutes to two hours of time working through your pitch. Now, that sounds like a lot of time for something so small, but the reality is bad communication is the graveyard of good ideas. And we know that because we've seen plenty of people talk to us about things that they're excited about, and we just don't get it. And we would hate for something you're excited about, something you're working on, a project, a presentation, whatever, for that to get lost in translation uh, before you have an opportunity to help them understand how you can solve a problem in their life. And so we'd love to help you in that way. So please go to myelevatorpitch.net and check that out. Um, And I think that's a really great way actually to come closer to to the end of this. And so that's, David, we talked about reps and kind of how to document some of this. How would you go about measuring your professional growth? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Well, I think a lot of it is going to be based upon the kind of feedback that you're getting from those that you work with the most, whether that's a boss or peers. And so if, if there is a, um, a tool that you use in those evaluations, I, I think you can build professional development into it and you can solicit input. Uh, we, I work at Chick-fil-A. We have a tool that we use, everybody across the organization uses to share performance feedback and we build our professional growth plan into that tool. In it, we actually track progress. So if you, if I would say, first of all, write your plan out for the year. And then as you are accomplishing elements of it, you want to just document that. You want to you want to show examples of how you've used the skills or capabilities that you've used. But not everything you do is going to uh, be easily quantified. You're not always going to be able to put a score on it. Sometimes it may just be, I took the class. Let's say I chose to learn, uh, I wanted to enhance my facilitation skills or maybe learn how to do agile project management, for example. And you may just have to document, I have facilitated these sessions. I have formed this agile project team and we are this far along in in our journey on this particular project. So it may be activity-based, not always uh, something that you can put a numeric uh, score on. Yeah, I think I love that idea. uh, One idea someone shared with me a long time ago um, for more of a qualitative, I guess, evaluation was an idea called future resume. Oh, I like that. So what you would do is you would go ahead and actually create your future resume. 
what do you want your future resume to say in five years? You know, and, and obviously a good resume includes skills. It includes experiences. It includes um, some maybe some activities you've been involved with. It might include, you know, uh, certain activities and responsibilities you've had or certain jobs. And if you build your future resume with that in mind, you say, well, what is it going to take to go do those things? What's it going to take to get that experience? What's it going to take to get that result for the company I work for? And you look up and say, well, that might be a great way to say, are my reps aligned with my future resume? If I'm not putting in the stuff to get those two things correlated, the future resume is never going to work. And I can say I did that. And my my resume looks pretty close to what I wanted it to look like around this time. And and I and I can't say that it has been always been as intentional as it should be, but I can say in the back of my mind, I've always known what I want to be able to communicate in the future about what I've accomplished and what I've helped other people accomplish. And uh, it's really been a really great guiding light because it's a simple thing, a simple tool, but it really works out well. That's a good concept. Yeah, I can't say I've written a future resume, but I like that. I need to try that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, right? Because you got to speak in highlights anyway, which is what a resume is going to be about. You're not going to go into the whole story. Just a nice highlight reel of some things you've done. I love it. Gives you a picture to really kind of wrap your head around and shoot for. Well, I want to wrap up, if it's okay, David, by just actually sharing some of our own professional goals. Uh, and then I'm going to make sure I tell everyone how they can share their questions with us for future episodes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess I'll go first since I asked the question. Uh, well, um, one of my big professional goals right now is I think there are just a lot of tools in marketing that have uh, come on the scene really fast since I got, I would say, opportunities to be more of a strategist and team leader. And and um, I haven't had to be in the trenches as much on something even as simple as Facebook advertising. Do I know what Facebook advertising can do? Its capabilities, some of the nuances, yes. But can I jump in and build the intricate campaigns the way I have done in previous times of my career? No. And I'm interested really in making sure I stay sharp in that particular area right now, especially as it's so important, I think, and where marketing is. So that's one kind of thing for me is I just develop a new skill and that's really be able to do the tactical side of Facebook advertising. I love that. So I think in terms of my principal job at Chick-fil-A and then also kind of what we're doing through Launch University, I'll start with Launch University. Uh, we sort of got into this as a bit of a social experiment. I went into it wanting to learn about how content is created and shared. Uh, this is something that I think you're really gifted at, and you've been a great guide to myself, Jeff, and Shane, helping us understand how you market it using all these new tools uh, that are available to us. And and you know, even today, as we learned how to use a, a piece of new software to uh, record content, um, that's really helpful for me. Uh, on the Chick-fil-A side, we talk about we're trying to build basically uh, a modern marketing engine and some of the traditional, I, I work in the marketing world, some of the traditional tools that we've used, they're not completely irrelevant, things that Chick-fil-A is known for uh, outdoor advertising, billboards as an example. Um, but it used to be a lot of print ads, outdoor ads. Uh, on billboards, you'd see radio and TV, but that's evolving quickly. And there's still a place for some of those things, but so much of our effort goes towards other forms of content. Uh, we're using social media more and more. The way we produce and ultimately purchase advertising has ev is evolving. Um, 
the kind of content people want you to to share about is evolving. So simple example, I've been involved in some video shoots recently where we take customers behind the scenes in our test kitchen. Uh, we actually did something with Southern Living. It was kind of interesting because I always thought of this sort of this Old South magazine uh, that you often see laying around on coffee tables or at the doctor's office. And uh, what I've learned is they share way more content online than they ever do through the magazine now. And what their readers really want, they want behind-the-scenes looks. So we brought Southern Living in and, and toured them around uh, our uh, R&D center at uh, Chick-fil-A, and they cut a number of uh, videos along the way. By the way, their audio person was using uh, a, the same kind of Zoom recorder you taught me how to use, Kevin. So I sort of jumped in and act like I knew what I was doing there. Uh, <laughs> but the point in all this, one of the things we're trying to learn is how do you share content with your customers. Um, and so that's that's where a lot of my professional growth energy has gone uh, at Chick-fil-A as well, because storytelling is a big deal for us. Man, that's awesome. Well, we'd love to hear your professional growth goals, and we'd also love to hear your questions. And so if you have a question you'd love us to answer, and if, or if you just want to share a goal and, and maybe a question about how you can achieve it, if you have a question about how to present or pitch, obviously with Everything we're working on about communicating ideas, we'd love to help you in that area as well. So here's how you do this. One, you go to launchuniversity.com forward slash question. And when you get to that page, we'll walk you through some of the guidelines we have, some ideas. And while you're there, you can record your question directly from the website. Now, leave your name if you're comfortable. Tell us where you're from. We'd love to say, oh, yeah, so this is, you know, Jim from Nebraska. He has a cool idea. Well, tell us what the idea is and how we can help. Uh, ask your question. Uh, we do ask you to keep them concise, right, to help you stay focused on your question and, and the real goal of it, but also so we can help as many people as we can in one episode. Um, you can also call, if, if that feels a little too techy for you, you can just call 678 744-7909. That's 678-744-7909 and leave a voicemail. And once we get enough of them, we'll put them all together and uh, record our first Q&A episode. Uh, we really are excited about that. We've been talking about it actually for almost over a year. Uh, I think since the very first time we started this, we were like, we can't wait to do these kind of episodes with people. Um, and so we, we feel like the listener base is large enough now we can actually do that. And we'd love to um, serve you and support you in that way. So, Check that out. Go to myelevatorpitch.net if you are interested and get some help about how you can refine your pitch. Um, we think that you have something incredible inside of you, and we would hate for words, simple words, to be what prevents you from solving problems, um, achieving your dreams, and, and really going out there and building a fantastic business or project that can change lives. Um, and so uh, on behalf of David and um, the entire team at Launch University, we want to thank you for listening. That's great. Can I, can I put a bow on this, Kev? Sure, go for it. So as we've talked about professional growth, here's my thought. Um, there are going to be disruptions uh, in your work, uh, in your career. Uh, think about disrupting yourself before somebody wow. else does it to you. And so one of, one of the things I like to encourage people is I, th I think it's good to always have a little bit of a healthy discontent with status quo. Uh, so think about that in your own life. Um, what could be better? Where could you grow? What could you add? What could be new? So that in essence, you're disrupting yourself before somebody does it to you. Man, that's fantastic. Oh, man, I just want to go, um, that, that gave me a whole other thing. But you know what? 
That's the perfect way to end this. Um, check out the show notes for this episode. We'll have I mean, we have links to the the book mindset that David referenced. We'll have a good summary of our our reps acronym now that we we've developed on this podcast together. And if you have any other questions, once again, please submit your questions. We have every desire to help you the best way we can. And your question, you being brave, is going to benefit the rest of the audience and the rest of the community as we get to hear the answer to your question as well. So all the best, and we'll see you next time on the Launch University Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Launch University Podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.